1: recorded live. Letters of the Bible. Today we're going to do an overview of the last 12 chapters of Romans and we'll see how much the Father is going to have us put into this overview. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus. First of all, let's go back to chapter 1. In the first episode, we learned that Paul was an apostle, and he served the Messiah, Yeshua, And Paul was sent to teach the gospel of God. And what is the gospel of God? It's nothing different than anything else you'll find in the New Testament. Even though you have some people that claim there's a difference. There isn't. What it is, it, we learned. It tells us about the Son of God, who is called the Messiah, which we know as Yahshua or Jesus, whom God created, Yahshua's flesh, body, from the seed of David. We learned that. The flesh came from the seed of David and from Mary. The seed of David means Jesus was King uh, King David's son. We learned that. Not his descendant, his son. And we learned that Jesus, yes, he had a biological father, but the Baby flesh, Jesus' flesh, didn't come together the natural way that humans come together. Just like God made Adam. He didn't need, um, you know, flesh, mother and father, to put together a baby, as in a body, as in Adam. You see, same thing. Jesus was put together by God not by the normal human process. But yes, he had a father. His father was David. He had a That's what we learned. Paul taught us that Jesus
0: had a human father.
1: Yes, he did.
0: And He was the son of God with power. Yahshua,
1: Jesus, was given the supernatural power from God. So what Paul taught us was that through Yahshua, those humans on earth that are a part of the body of Christ have been given grace and a commission. to attentively hearken to the faith with everyone that is a part of the body of Christ in all the nations. So Paul was letting us know, also in the first part of chapter 1, that it wasn't just the Jews. There was many other nations that were invited, many, but not all, Not all the nations were invited, but many were invited. We also learned that not all were invited, which is important to understand. There's a lot of false stuff that we exposed in our first study. And that was episode one. Episode 2, we see that Paul is directly talking to the Romans of the day he was living in. Romans chapter 1, verse 7, is talking to the Romans of the day. We have to understand that. He's not talking to us. He's talking to them because they were going through a particular problem with the Jews. And so if you're going through the same problem, which there are people today that are going through the same problem as the Romans were going through, then you can take what Paul was speaking to the Romans and learn from it about the difference between what the true gospel is and what the Jews were trying to make people think and do. We learn that Paul lets us know he talks to God in the name of the Messiah. He doesn't pray to the Messiah. Paul did not pray to Jesus, and you shouldn't either. You should be praying to God. Paul's job is to tell others about the Son of God. That was his job. That's what he was called to do. We're not all called for the same purpose. Paul had a specific purpose, and he went through a lot of stuff for a specific reason. Now, Paul loved, we learned in episode two, he loved his brethren, Israel. And he went to God, and he asked God, to let his brethren see the truth, Israel, the Jews, at the time of Paul. He wanted them to see his spiritual gifts. He wanted them to
0: see the truth.
1: But the answer was, as we learned, in the next episode was that, guess what, the Jews were, and Paul told us this, that the Jews were blinded by God so that the Romans could become believers. The Gentiles
0: could be invited into the body of Christ. Now, Paul wants us to make sure that we understand that Paul says he has no trouble telling us
1: what the Messiah did for us. What did the Messiah do for us? What did we learn? If you believe in what the Messiah did, then you have access to protection. If you continue to believe, if you stop believing in Jesus Christ and what he did and who he was, you're not under the protection anymore. The just shall live by faith. Paul tells us, and that's my favorite part there, Paul tells us that the wrath of God is against believers that have that had faith but turned from the truth of Jesus. Paul shows us also in chapter 1 that we're supposed to treat each other believers good. We're supposed to treat each other the way Jesus showed us. Paul also lets us know what Jesus wanted us to know, that God is our Father and wants to be one with us as God was one with Jesus, you see. The word peace means to join. God wants to be one with you, just like he was one with Jesus. And Jesus said that, yes, We can be one with God like he is one with God. Does that mean that Jesus was God? No. It means that God dwells with Jesus. Does that mean God can dwell with us? Yes. Does that make us God? Of course not. Paul also wants us to know, and he taught us, that the Messiah of God is the supreme authority. That's Jesus over the body of Christ. And Jesus wants us to be one with him also. One with him. He is the word of God. In other words, do what they have told you to do. Be on the same page as they are. What Jesus did. What Jesus showed us to do. That's how you're being one with Jesus. And of course, Paul told us to thank God.
0: And
1: how does, Paul showing us
0: also, how does
1: he serve God with his spiritual man, not his flesh man? There's a difference. And you see, if you understand the difference between your spiritual man and your flesh man, then you'll understand the difference between the works that we're supposed to do. Not flesh works, spiritual works. The spiritual man does spiritual works through the Holy Spirit, doing the works through them. The Holy Spirit will not do flesh works through you, sorry. That's another false thing. Now, Paul, you know, we did see Paul wanting to go back, and he was begging God, you know, talking to God, begging God to let him go back to Rome to see how they were doing and stuff. But you know, God's answer was no. You know, God, sometimes, you know, his answer is no. And you have to do the will of God, and that's the important part. And ask God to help you do things to go. Now, Paul wanted to go back to Rome because he wanted to show them more spiritual stuff. He wanted to do things for them spiritually. He just didn't want to have a vacation okay, there's a difference, right? Not talking about going on vacation. He's talking about continuing to do the works of God and to follow what Jesus showed us to do. Paul asked every day, but God didn't make a way for him.
0: And we learned something important you see
1: Paul wants is begging God we learned that he wants to build up his brethren spiritually and we learned how humans think which is different than how God thinks Paul is passionate about doing God's work, but he is thinking using his will and not what God wants him to do. You may think what you want to do would be good, you know, for the work of God, but if God doesn't make a way or you don't ask God, it may not be what God wants you to do. God will make a way, for you to do what God really wants to do for the kingdom of heaven. Fellowship with brethren, we learned, is why we feel joy. Paul taught us that the work of the kingdom is lonely many times. Finding others that believe most of the time, you can't find the other believers, and you seem to be by yourself. Are you searching for fellow believers who have faith? You do. And the desire to do the works of the kingdom? like You do. Yeah, we all go through that. Paul wants us to know, he wants us, he wanted to come to Rome to do the works of the kingdom, but he was prevented from going by God.
0: God's answer was no. We continued to learn, you know, Paul told us in chapter 1
1: that he wanted to the works that he did, speaking about Jesus, telling them about the
0: Messiah, and explaining about... We
1: also saw, it says, you see, as long as you keep your faith, you will receive eternal life. But if you lose your faith and stop doing the works of the kingdom, guess what? You're not getting eternal life. No, you're going to be cast out into outer darkness. Does that mean that you're doomed? No. After the millennium, you may have another chance. You have to do works through the millennium to prove yourself. Because after the millennium, and this we didn't go over, but I'm just letting you know after the millennium, we are then judged by God himself out of the books. Jesus, when he returns before the millennium or the beginning of the millennium, judges us according to what we did spiritually on the earth before he was here. But when God does the judging of the white throne judgment, what he's going to be looking at is the book of life. Is your name written in there? If you haven't been doing the works and Jesus had your
0: name removed, and it might be put back after the millennium, So
1: Paul's continuing and he's going on and he's explaining these things. We learned about that. And Paul's saying, again, in um, Romans chapter 1, that, verse 18, that God's wrath will be sent to earth against all those that are not doing what God wants and are not righteous. You see, if you believe, then you will be righteous. But if you stop believing, you will become unrighteous. So God's wrath will be sent to believers that turn from the truth. There's many other things that we have found here and went over in Romans chapter 1, but basically Romans chapter 1 was letting
0: you know that you're called by God, invited, it doesn't
1: matter if you're Jew or Gentile, that the gospel is about Jesus Christ, that's the good news, and that there are things that we are to do, and if we don't do them, then we will be rejected. And so, if you're not doing the works of the kingdom, then you're rejecting God. So, go back and reread over. Romans chapter 1, there's a lot of stuff that Paul talked about. It's telling you and showing you about how to be a good believer.
0: What you're supposed to be doing. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 2. It's interesting.
1: He says, Paul is saying Christians think other people are going to hell, but they're not yet they do the same thing. That's those Christians that, you know, are grace, or under grace, (laughs) and it's okay, once we believe we can sin all we want, we're under grace. God don't see the sin. So we can act just like all the rest of the world, but hey, we're not headed to the lake of fire. Jesus told us about this type of saint and he's going to kick them out of the kingdom. And you can find that in um, Matthew uh, 25.
0: Matthew 25. So Romans chapter 2 is Paul
1: explaining the problems with some of the things that the Christians are teaching. And, of course, it's once saved, always saved. Don't worry about it. You don't have to worry about it because you're under grace kind of stuff. But Paul, and we learned a lot of stuff about, sorry, uh, the law hasn't been done away with. If you are following the Holy Spirit, then you're not under the law because the Holy Spirit doesn't break the law. It doesn't mean that the law has been done away with. It. it means that you don't need the law. The law is for those that break the law. <laughs> if you break the law, you need to know what the law is. But if you're following the Holy Spirit, that then you don't need the law because the Holy Spirit doesn't break the law. And so Paul's continuing in chapter 2, and he says, um, hey, he's talking about Israel. Now, Israel is thinking that, hey, if I keep the law, then I will be all set, meaning circumcision and all that stuff. Keep the rituals, keep the law, then I'll be all set. I'll be with God when I die. But you see, according to the law, if you break one of the laws, then you've broken them all. It's not possible for humans not to break one of the laws. No one is perfect. And so guess what, Israel? There is no more sacrifice. The temple has been done away with, so there's no place to get rid of and make an atonement for your, sacrifice, your sins now, except through Jesus Christ. And But Israel is the people of um, the Jews are trying to tell the Romans, Christians, that they have to keep the law in order to get into eternity. No, you don't have to keep the law. See, but there's a difference between that and doing whatever you want to. Paul isn't saying, don't worry about the law, doing the commandments of God. Paul is saying that doing the law ain't going to get you into eternity, but if you have eternal, if you have the gift of faith, and you're a part of the body of Christ, you're
0: going to keep the law. Okay? There's a big difference between the two. And Romans chapter 3...
1: Paul is going into genealogies and Paul is, shows us that, um, you know, there's people that believe that just because you're descended from Jacob that that's all, that you're all set. But that's not true. You're, you're not all set. Um, if you're a sinner, you're a sinner in God's eyes. and we learned in um, as believers in chapter 3 as believers we are to stay away
0: from sin if you sin every day there is a problem so paul we learned about
1: in verse 9 are believers in better in a better position in god's eyes Um, just because they're believers, than Israel, Jacob, descended from Jacob. No way. Um, When the believer or non-believer, we are all still sinners. That's what Paul is saying. it doesn't matter if you come from Jacob. Or if you come from, if you're a believer, if you have the faith, we're all sinners. And sin, and sin is the problem. And Paul goes into... um, quoting the scriptures and the Psalms, and he's explaining things. Paul says the law of God is for those that break the law so they have no defense in their actions. And he tells us that in verse 19. Paul says the law cannot give you eternal life because humans are sinners. Not because it couldn't if you could keep the law, you see, if you were perfect, you have access to eternal life, but, uh uh-uh, we're humans, and we will break the law. Paul says that God has another way. It's not like the old way with the Jewish people in Israel, sacrifices to get rid of the sin, which he had Moses and the prophets foretell about. So Moses and the prophets did foretell of what was going to happen with the Messiah. If anyone, no matter who, believe that Jesus is the Messiah of God, then because of his righteousness, Jesus, we are justified. First, Jesus is an atoning victim. If you believe that he is the Lamb of God, his blood was shed for our sin. Second, that the blood of Jesus removes our past sin from our soul and puts it on Jesus' soul. God is righteous and just and knew we can't keep the law. That is why he sent Jesus to be the Lamb of God. That's past sins, okay? That's once you become a believer. It's all the sins that you had done before are gone and covered under the blood of Jesus. Your future sins can be covered under the blood also, but that's done with repentance, meaning stop doing the sin. It's pretty simple. And we learn that Paul says that um, the law can't do this for you. Your past sins cannot be removed by the law only through the faith in the Lamb of God and what Jesus did. Paul says faith does not do away with the law. Faith in the Lamb of God takes away past sins only not future sins, so we need the law to stay on the right path. In other words, always saved. Romans chapter 4, Paul is talking about access to eternal life and how one will get it. And then he goes in and he explains about the righteousness of different people like Abraham and David and such. We have been giving faith because of the grace of God. God decided to give us the gift of faith. We didn't decide to take or believe without him. You have to know God can do what he says he will do. We will be righteous in God's eyes. This is what Paul was teaching us in chapter 4. If we believe in God if we believe Jesus is our supreme in authority, if we believe Jesus died for our sins, if we believe Jesus was raised from the dead so we would know we would be judged innocent. That's what Paul is saying in chapter 4. Chapter 5, Paul says, we are able to be one with God because we believe in Jesus and our past sin is removed from our soul. So in chapter 5, he's talking about having a relationship with God. And Paul goes on and he explains that we have confidence, that we're joy, full of joy because of our position with God. That we have the love of God, that we know what that God loves the world that he made by sending Jesus to be the Lamb.
0: In verse 10, Paul says that it is amazing what the death of
1: Jesus did for us. It brought us back to God. But when Jesus overcame death, We are protected from the second death also. As long as you keep
0: believing and
1: following in the footsteps of Jesus. And Paul is explaining all this about sin and how Adam brought sin and and what happened. And Adam caused death but Jesus brought righteousness. That's all in chapter 5. Romans chapter 6, Paul told us that because of Jesus, we had our sins removed from our souls if we believe in what Jesus did. Paul continues, listen, those of you who do not think we sin after we are part of the body of Christ or those that think all sins are covered automatically past, present, and future sins on the day you believe in Jesus, Paul's going to talk to people that believe these things. Shall we continue in sin so grace will be shown? That's a question. First of all, chapter 6, Paul is letting us know after we believe, we can sin. So those that think we can't sin after we believe, Paul's saying, no, sorry, you can sin. Second, Paul is letting us know that all sins are not covered under the blood automatically. So, in verse 2, Paul's answer to the question is, shall we continue in sin so grace should be shown? No way. We are supposed to sin We're not supposed to sin just because we can repent and have the sin removed, meaning stop sinning. Paul is saying once we believe, we are supposed to live differently. So chapter 6 is talking about a new person, a new way of living, a new life, following the Spirit of God instead of your flesh, which a lot of Christians, believers, are following their flesh, thinking they're following the spirit, and Paul continues, and he lets us know about what our reward will be, which of course will be eternal life if we continue to believe and continue in the path that Jesus showed us and Paul is explaining in chapter 6 that Jesus doesn't have to die again. No, he only did it once. He only had to do it once. Paul lets us know we can follow the flesh or follow the Spirit of God. We have a choice. As chapter 6 is letting us know, we have a choice. The people of the world do not have a choice. But we have a choice. We can follow sin or in the flesh, or follow the Spirit. And in chapter 6 we learned, how does one not sin? So if you want to know how does one not sin, it's pretty simple, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and you won't be doing the works of the flesh. Romans chapter 7, Paul is going to teach us about the law. The law is there as long as you live. (laughs) You have to have the law so that you know in case you are following the flesh, choose the flesh instead of the spirit, that guess what? You understand that you're sinning in God's eyes and you need to stop sinning so that the blood of Jesus will cover you. That's when the blood of Jesus covers you when you're doing future sins after you become a believer. You must stop doing the sin. And then the blood covers you. But if you continue to do the sin, guess what? The blood's not going to cover you. And yes, there's a, there's a war that's going on. Your flesh wants control of you. And your spirit wants to listen to the Holy Spirit. So yes, your soul has a choice to make.
0: And chapter 8
1: continues with the war going on for believers. Flesh against spirit. In verse 1 of chapter 8, Paul explains there's a condition, it isn't automatic. Our access to eternal life through the blood of Jesus is a gift from God but after that is what is it once saved always saved yes the gift to get it to be a part of the kingdom of heaven to get all your sins coming under the blood that part the first part to get into the kingdom is a gift there's nothing you can do to get into the kingdom it's all having to do with faith that God gives you and grace and mercy. But that's getting into the kingdom. There is no sin put on our soul after we are covered under the blood if we do not do flesh things. That's right. But guess what? We're human. Paul says that we have to worry about the law because sometimes we do follow the flesh. And God has a plan. We learned about that. Humans, because they are in the flesh, sin. So God gave them the law so they would know what not to do so they could be holy like he's holy. But as Paul says, the flesh caused humans to sin because of its power over them. We learned about the plan that failed with Israel. Israel was supposed to lead the world as the nation of God and show the way of following what God wanted the world to be like. But they failed, so then Jesus was brought in. And it goes on and explains about the choices that we have as believers, that the world does have those choices. They have to sin. They have to follow the flesh. They can't follow the spirit. A lot of good stuff in chapter 8, very important stuff that you need to understand. And so go over it. And one of the important things that Paul talked about is that as a believer, you will be betrayed by friends, you will be rejected by the religious community. You will be mocked because of religious community. You will be whipped because of the religious community. You will be spit on by the religious community. You will suffer through the religious community. The world really doesn't care too much about what you're doing, Christian. It isn't the world that seems to be our enemy. It's the religious community. They want to do things their way. Those are believers. Yes, they are. But they're believers that are doing things their way, not the way that Jesus showed us to do. And we also learn that in uh, Romans, there is parts of Romans that is actually not truth. And that would be uh, verse 26 and 27. It's added there. It's not truth. And Satan has been allowed to add that. And, of course, humans use that as a way to, you know, make false doctrine. Take a look and find out what is truth and what is false. Not everything in the Bible is accurate or true. The Word of God is accurate and true. But the whole Bible is not the word of God. That's the difference. And we learned in Romans chapter 9, there is a difference between the children of God, which is who we are, by adoption, meaning into the kingdom of heaven, and the children of promise, which is Israel, and the descendants of Jacob. There's a difference between the two. Just because Israel is descended from Jacob does not mean that they're a child of
0: God. So we learn that in chapter 9. And again, it goes
1: into um, Israel and and that Israel, um, a small amount of them God gave The ability to believe in the time of Paul, uh, the Jews, very few, but most of them God blinded. God does the blinding of people if they don't believe. It's because God does the choosing and doesn't let them have the gift of faith. And Romans 10 talks about. We learn that Paul really loves Israel. He loves his brethren and that he wants them to be a part of the body of Christ. But he knows that God has blinded them. And if you believe in Christ, then law is brought to a conclusion to be able to rescue you. Paul isn't saying God's law was done away with because of Christ. Just like Jesus said, he did not um, to destroy the law. So, Romans chapter 10 is talking about Israel and why they, you know, still follow or try to follow the law, yet they can't follow the law because the temple's been done away with. So, it's they can't do it. So, they have a big problem, and Paul knows that. But, of course, Paul loves... Israel and he wants them
0: to believe Paul it preaches the good news
1: to Israel, keeping law has been replaced by believing in Jesus to achieve righteousness, so you can't achieve righteousness by keeping the law anymore, it's done through Jesus Christ, that's what's been replaced, not the law itself and, of course, the Gentiles um, had been brought to God because Israel wouldn't listen. So, you know, Israel was supposed to bring the Gentiles to God as a nation, but that failed. And so God brought the Gentiles himself to his servants, such as Paul. And um, we also learned in Romans chapter 10 that things added to the Bible,
0: uh, sure enough. And Romans 11 explains
1: about what God did to Israel. It's an interesting thing. And um, that's up to uh, Romans 11:22. And then after that, uh, Christians that sin, Paul explains, Christians that sin will go to the lake of fire. Christians that sin, repeat it, Christians that sin will go to the lake of fire. It is not once saved, always saved. If you continue in sin, you're going to end up in the lake of fire. And then Romans 12, Paul gives us a bunch of works of a believer. And what the believer is supposed to do and how the believer is supposed to act, once you become a part of the body of Christ, that's what Paul was leading up to. He was letting us know how you get into the kingdom. And then now, after it, who's in the kingdom and why they're in the kingdom and all that. And then <clears throat> now, Paul's talking about what's expected of believers once they become part of the kingdom. It isn't like you are all set. Once saved, always saved. Show up at church and that's all. No, sorry. And that completes the overview. Next time, we're going to pick it up in Romans 13.